Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups, and we're actually on a remote location, remote shoot today in, in Asheville, North Carolina, and our guest today is Tom Schwab. Tom, thanks for joining us. Kevin, thank you for having me here. I wish my background was as beautiful as yours. <laughs> we should have figured out how we could have done this live. Absolutely. From That's right. If I'd have given you the invitation, you probably would have flown down. But uh, yeah, I, and I apologize for any background noise. I'm kind of on a busy road here in Asheville, but you know, I, I've looked forward to this interview for a number, number of weeks, so I, I uh, wanted to make sure that we didn't have to reschedule. But Tom, tell, tell our Rising Tide listeners a little bit about yourself. Uh, I am a blessed man. I, I live here in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Uh, yes, it really exists. It's halfway between Chicago and Detroit. And it really proves that today work is what you do, not necessarily where you go. Um, I focus on podcast interview marketing. I've got an uh, agency um, group of 16 amazing people. We serve about 90 different clients, authors, coaches, speakers, brands. And we really help them get known by their ideal customers. Uh, you know, instead of trying to break through the noise, get in on the conversation. And I think one of the best ways to do that is through podcasts and specifically podcast interviews. So uh, my mom, I try to explain to her what I do. She doesn't understand what a podcast is, but I tell her we introduce people that should know each other. And uh, uh, I still don't think she understands that, but she says, I'm proud of you. And uh, so um, uh, if I can do it from where I want and uh, make the world a better place, uh, it is a blessed blessed day so I've, I've uh, you know done a little internet stalking and and looked back and seen a, a little bit of your progression over the years and so you know podcasting is a, is a relatively new medium so tell me how one gets into podcasting and how, how did you end up here what was the the transition story and then maybe talk a little bit about education experience background sure and to me my life only makes sense in the rearview mirror uh, if you would have told me when I was 17 years old, uh, leaving the Midwest to go to the Naval Academy that I would be doing podcast interview marketing right now, I would have had no idea. But uh, I uh, was able to go to the U.S. Naval Academy. So to all the U.S. taxpayers, thanks for paying for my education. <laughs> Um, I got in on a technical error. Uh, that's my God story. I had, I don't have depth perception. Some people say I'm shallow. Uh, I just say that I see in 2D. Um but with that, they didn't figure it out till my senior year. They gave me a waiver. Uh, I was a mechanical engineer, ran nuclear power plants in the Navy. That really taught me the systems, that anything could be taught. Uh, it could be systematized. Um, and then uh, from the Navy, I went on and worked in corporate America, uh, sales and marketing and distribution, and learned uh, the, the business side of it and started my own business um, and then sold the distributorship back to the manufacturer. And as we were starting the next sideline, next expansion of a business, about 2008, I had read a book by two smart guys out of MIT, uh, Darmesh Saw and Brian Halligan, wrote a book called Inbound Marketing. And it was basically using the internet to answer people's questions, to mm. get that know, like, and trust. And so I looked at that and said, that should work for e-commerce and talk to them. And they're like, nobody's really tried it, but it should. And so we were able to use that strategy to, um, uh, to go from a regional player to a national leader, sold the company. And really, I, you'll hear me say strategy over and over because 
I'm not as focused on tactics, right? The tactic is come and go, but the strategy will be there. And we started to say, could we use that same strategy with podcast interview? You know, we used to use guest blogging. So instead yeah. of doing a blog on your own site, get it on Huffington Post, Wall Street Journal, wherever the audience is, and tap into their audience, get that know, like, and trust. So we started to test that back in 2014. Could we use that off of podcast interviews? And it worked so well, um, came up with the system, uh, wrote a book on it, um, put some courses together, the videos, and people said, uh, you know, Tom, you've given me the cookbook, you've given me the videos, but I just want you to do it for me. So in 2015, we started to beta test what would become Interview Valet, and we launched that in 2016. So as I look back, everything I've done to this point has really become what Interview Valet is. So the, the engineering processes, the systems for nuclear power, uh, the business that I learned from both the Fortune 500 company and also from the entrepreneurial experience we bring together uh, with podcast interview marketing. So it's much broader than just a, a podcast guest booking service. I mean, it's more of a kind of a full service, you know, boutique, if, for lack of a better word. It is, and um, podcasting is such just a, a tool that we use. To me, my grandfather would understand this. Uh, how did he build his business? He got introduced to friends of friends and to people that he knew. So for him, that was going to the, the Rotary Club or, or the Country Club, and you know, Kevin would introduce him to his friends there. Yep. That's what we're doing here also, right? Uh, now it's just we're using different tools to do it. And we really make it easy for our clients to do that. You know, we always say, they're the guest, we take care of the rest. And uh, that tagline came from a client as he uh, explained why he liked working with us. So the, the recurring like model, um, I'm trying to get my head around the model. So the, the recurring uh, side of things is just continually booking them on different podcasts, continue putting them in, like, it's like continual connections that you're making for your clients, correct? Exactly. Exposure brings opportunity. Right. So we're trying to get them ex, uh, continual exposure, but then also helping them use that exposure to drive their business. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not just an interview, but what are you doing to move them from being a passive listener or visitor to an active visitor to your site and ultimately an engaged lead and customer? So looking back at kind of your, your, your uh, progression from say, you know, even high school through, you know, your university time to, to today. I mean, it looks like to me that you're obviously a classic underachiever. I mean, you know, the idea that, you know, I know the Naval Academy has low standards to get in and, you know, but it's amazing to see how many things that you've, that have almost had a turnaround, you know, you've kind of stepped into them, figured something out and then boom, it just goes to the next level. Then you, then you tend to maybe move to the next thing. I mean, is that, do you, you almost see your your career as like a, a stair step? You know, you're just, you keep stepping. I, I see it kind as hard to describe, it, yeah. Yeah, I see it as a, as a progression that one thing. Oh, sure, certainly an upward, yeah. And, and, and well, and not only that, but it's it, it makes sense that one thing builds on the other. Mm. And to me, it's the world is changing so fast that the idea that what we learned 10 years ago or 20 years ago, that we'll be able to do that same thing. I, I'm a lifelong learner. And you say, um, 
underachiever, jokingly, I say somebody that's too stupid to not realize that it's not possible, right? I get the best <laughs> information. Uh, I've got a, a five-year-old and a three-year-old grand, uh, granddaughter and grandson, and they teach me so much. You know, they're not jaded that they don't know that they can't do something. Absolutely. Uh, the imagination, that curiosity, and that's what I want to stay as, is a, you know, in my heart, uh, had that childlike curiosity and wonder mm. of how can we do that? How can we learn this? Um, and uh, so from that standpoint, taking what we know and trying to apply it for the next next thing, uh, because the tactics, they're going to come and go, right? The, the platform that we talk about today, that's the newest thing, somebody will hear about it two years from now and laugh and go, oh, I remember that. But the strategy is never going to change. Right. Sometimes I, I, I worry that my grandfather would be more ready for the future than my grandchildren because he understood the strategy. He might not have understood the tools, but if you showed him the tools, he'd know how to use them. Absolutely. Yeah, that is. And then there's amazing. I mean, you, you look at the, you know, kind of the greatest generation and, and, you know, in that, in that time frame and, and how, um, ingenious they were and how in how creative they were to to make things happen given the constraints of of the you know the what they had the resources they had available to them but you you were talking just a second ago about uh you know watching your grandchildren it reminded me of that it's a, I, I'm probably not going to describe this well but there's a kind of a famous study that talked about a a teacher asking her class like a kindergarten class you know, everybody in here that's an author, raise your hand. And like every child raise their hand. They ask that like a, you know, a class of university students or a class, you know, adults and like one person in the class raised their hand. And she said, you know, the key was that, that kids, they believed everything was possible. You know, I love the way you, you put that. I'm, I was too dumb to recognize that I couldn't do it or, or that it couldn't be done or something like that. I mean, it just reminded me of that kindergarten class of, you know, who, who here is an astronaut? Everybody's an astronaut. Everybody's a brain surgeon. Everybody is, is whatever it is because the possibilities are, you know, we're, we're virtually limitless. And, and today with the internet, you know, the resources are so available, exactly. right? Um, the, what we're, we're talking over a, a video call, uh, you know, 20 years ago. Drinking a latte. <laughs> yeah, you know, re real time. People are listening to this at different speeds, different times. There's somebody in the future right now that's listening to us. And that technology, if it existed 10 or 20 years ago, was so expensive that we couldn't have afforded yeah, it. Yeah. And now it's basically free. There's people out there to help you. You know, if you're isolated or ignorant today and you've got access to the internet, you're isolated or ignorant by choice. That's right. Uh, it's your fault. I, yeah. I learned more in my first couple of years as an online entrepreneur than I did in nuclear power school. Mm. Uh, just because the information was out there and you could learn it as fast as you wanted. Yeah, I actually forgot the kind of the nuclear sub, nuclear training somewhere in that progression of going from <laughs> Naval Academy to that's right, turn around, start up. But so you and I are going to step on an elevator. We got about 10 floors, you got about a minute. Give me your elevator pitch on Interview Valet. Your biggest problem is obscurity. There's millions of people you could help that would pay you for your product or your service. The problem is they don't know you exist. You're trying to break through the noise, not going to happen. You're just adding to the noise. Let us help you 
get in on the conversation. Get people to know, like, and trust you. We'll make it easy. You can do it from anywhere you want. So in that, didn't even talk about podcasts. It's all about connection right. and really breaking through that uh, obscurity to be acclaimed. Now, are there different levels of service? Is there kind of an entry point? Is there, a, you know, hey, we're the gold standard, you know, membership? We, we work with, with clients for different things. So there's different levels that different people need. Uh, some people want to fill their funnel and just ongoing interviews. Other people are trying to do a launch. So they want yeah. like a blitz of podcast interviews. So if they're launching a course, if they're launching a book, um, just different levels for it. And it's not a cookie cutter online system. We're real people that care about our clients. We build relationships uh, both with our clients and with the podcasters. And uh, so with that, um, we are very flexible in what we offer. Um, and we have, but in the same way, we've got a process that we know performs results. Where do you, where do you see podcast heading? Where, where have you seen it come from, say, from, say, 2014 or 15 to today? And then where do you see it going, say, in the next five to 10 years? You know, that person that's listening to it now a couple of years from now is laughing every time we say podcast, because I think that is the stupidest name that we could have ever given this. I asked my two youngest daughters who were 20, <laughs> 22, I said, what's the pod stand for in podcasting? And they rolled their eyes and said, I don't know, dad, what's the pod stand for? They've never known a world with iPods. Mm. To them, it was phones. And like right now, people are listening to this on, on YouTube. Is it a podcast? I, I don't know. It still is. But to me, it's really, it's, it's on-demand content. And I think that's where it's going is that, that these lines of what a podcast is, what a video is, what a blog is, is all interchanging there. So we can create in the way that's easiest for us. Um, and then we can repurpose it in the way that's easiest for someone else to, uh, to um, consume. Right. For me, writing a blog is, is a homework assignment, but talking to you here, it's fun. So we could still, you know, 10% of the U S population is hearing impaired. They are not going to listen to a podcast but they could take the transcription of this and they could read it and still enjoy it at the same time. Right. So I think this, this whole idea of, I think the ideas are going to start merging together and it's just going to be great content. You know, even now I, I, I have to laugh sometimes when I say I, I read about two books a, a week. The truth is, is that most of them are audible. Mm -hmm. so I'm listening to them. So I say that I'm reading, but I'm consuming it. So I think the, these labels that we had for things that this is a magazine, this is a TV show, this is a podcast are all going to start intertwine, inter, intertwining and it's just, it's just good content. Right. I mean, I love the way you frame that. And I, you know, as, as you were talking about, you know, how someone that may be hearing impaired may consume that, I mean, they're going to want to watch the video with the transcription because they want to see the eye candy of a couple of grandpas like us, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, that's the added value of, of YouTube. You know, it's not just the sound. I mean, you know, we're, we're quite a catch, you know? Uh -huh. <laughs> I was going to say that, and that, that is um, listener bait for anybody's listening. I <laughs> them from an audio only to check it out <laughs> exactly right yeah they're gonna go back to the audio very quickly i'm afraid <laughs> yeah. exactly right but i love the uh, 
I mean, one reason I love podcasting is the fact that it, it, there's still a, a lot of unknown about it. I mean, for lack of a better term of calling it something else, but um, like, I mean, I, I ended up getting here to the, this coffee shop. I sat down and they you know, pulled out the microphone and the, and the lady that runs the shop said, so, so what are you doing? I said, well, I'm going to do a podcast interview. I said, do you listen to podcasts? Said, no, I really don't listen to podcasts. And, and, uh, but at least she kind of had an idea of what they even were. But there's still a, you know, a percentage of the population that has no idea what, even what podcasting is and maybe have never listened to a podcast. And it's a, it's a shrinking percentage. But, you know, versus radio or even YouTube or, you know, on-demand TV, whatever the other mediums are that, uh, or media are that you could, you could use in advertising and promotion. I mean, this is still a growing new, relatively new, you know, option. And that's what I like about it is just the growth potential. Yeah, I was at uh, uh, Harvard last year. They did their first convention on podcasts, or first conference on podcasts. And it's like five years ago, um, podcasting was like Wayne's World. Two guys down in their mom's basement. Exactly. And in 2018, Harvard put on the Sound Education Conference. And so that shows you how far it's gone. But they considered, uh, they did a great keynote there on calling this the golden age of podcasting. And they looked back at the golden age of radio and the golden age of television. Mm. And I think someday we'll be able to look back at this also. And that is the golden age of podcasting. There's still a lot of rough things around the edges. We haven't figured everything out, but people are creating and it's changing so quickly and everybody's working together. Uh, to me, uh, it's like, I'm excited about podcasting. Uh, if you'd say, let's talk about billboard advertising. No, that's, you know, that, that was exciting maybe in the, in the 20s, uh, maybe even before when cars came out and billboards right. were the new yep. thing. But now podcasting is the new way to communicate. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it, and it, it is amazing. I mean, just the, the cost effectiveness and the reach that's available, you know, right now because it is such a, at such an early stage, you know, and I'm just the ad, just the, the, the advertising cost to advertise on a podcast is still relatively low. Now, and the conversion rates. Yeah. The conversion rates are amazing. Now, granted, the, the analytics and the data is really rough still, but one of the metrics that we looked at was um, visitor to lead. And so a good blog will convert, you know, one to 2% visitor to the blog to actually becoming a lead. And what we saw early on was that our conversion rate. So if they visited your website after a podcast interview, uh, it was 25, 50%, sometimes even 75% mm. would become a lead. And at first we thought, Oh no, that's some, um, that couldn't be right. It's just a personality. It's just a niche. And the more we studied it and tested it, it's like, no, if somebody is introduced to you by their friend, they've listened to you for 30 or 45 minutes. That's not cold traffic. Yeah, that's that, true. That is hot traffic. And, you know, if they've listened to you for 30 or 45 minutes, they know who you are, um, what your heart is, who you serve, if you can help them. And so from that standpoint, uh, they come ready to engage. I think just the listener demographics is a lot more targeted on, I mean, because they have made the, made the choice. The listeners made the choice to pick that specific niche to listen to because they probably had a pre-existing interest, you know, in that anyway, at some level. So it's just really interesting to see, you know, it's, it's like you're speaking to a targeted, like a predetermined targeted market almost. Exactly, Kevin. It's very, very focused. And then I would say the other thing is they're early adopters, right? Sure. There's, still, 
there's still some people that haven't figured out podcasts. The, the early adopters that are here, they're enjoying it. And they're also the people that are, are learners that want to take action. Right. We worked, we worked with a, a client that was a, a sales coach. And he said that 20 years ago, if he walked into your office and he saw that there was books on your desks, that proved to him that you were a great client, right? Because here's somebody that wants to learn, wants to change. And he said, now I don't have to walk into the offices. If they're on a podcast, if they're listening, um, they want to learn. And so from that standpoint, uh, he felt it was just a much, much better target audience. So let's get kind of in the way back machine a little bit. Go back a few years, uh, right before you started Interview Valet or, or at least started in this space. What would be one, one or two pieces of key advice that, that you wish you would have known then that you know now that you could go back that, that might be, you know, germane to like a little broader section of people that are, you know, that are, that are in an early stage of their startup? It's the lesson that God keeps giving me a chance to learn over and over and over. Uh, you know, if I could go back and talk to myself five years ago, 20 years ago when I was in high school, I, I would not only tell myself, I'd hit myself over the head and say, focus on the relationships. Mm. The relationships are the ultimate currency. And I don't mean currency by bank account. That's one measure of it. But, you know, the richness of your life is the richness of your relationships. So if you know, if you have a relationship with podcasters, you can get on podcasts. If you've got a relationship with um, with people that are funding, they can fund your podcast. If you've got a relationship with previous employees, previous people you worked with, they'll come along and work with you. Um, so all of those things come to relate to relationships. The technology is going to change over time. Um, the tools are going to change over time. The one constant is the relationships. And you can always go back to that. You know, some people would say it's your character also. I'd say, yes, it's the character, uh, but people also have to know you. You've got to build those relationships in it. So um, I, I wish five years ago that I would have built stronger relationships. And um, people say it's one of my strengths, but I still look at it as that as an opportunity to continue um, to grow those. Can I dig just a little bit deeper? So, Please. So tell me, what are, what are one or two steps that you take that, that uh, I mean, we can talk about building relationships, but what's the, what's the real, you know, the, the boots on the ground, you know, so to speak, about building relationships? How do you do, you do that through, you know, just face-to-face -face connections? Do you, I mean, what's the, you're adding value, more value than they expect? I mean, kind of unpack that just a little bit. Yeah, and that's a great question because there's a lot of different ways to do it, right? And doing an automated system that reaches out to everybody on LinkedIn or, or just sending, you know, Facebook requests to everybody that might be building your network, but it's not building your relationship. Right. To me, relationships is somebody would pick up your call. Uh, if you were broken down on the side of the road right now in Nashville, North Carolina, that you would come out and uh, at least bring me some gas. Um, so from that standpoint, the things that you need to do is be curious about the other person. Um, add value. Um, you know, um, there's a great Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, you know, book called, you know, um, jab, 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 right hook. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I always look at that as give, 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 ask, right? So give value, share things with them. It doesn't cost you anything to right. send a, 
a, a text uh, with, you know, a gift that or gif that says, you know, hope you're having a great day. Reaching out on LinkedIn saying, hey, I thought you'd find this article interesting. You know, one of the best things that I do to build relationships is to introduce people. Because to me, that is the best gift that you could ever give someone, right? We all remember who introduced us to our spouse or who introduced us to that job or that new idea. It doesn't cost you anything to, to jump online and say, you know, what are you trying to do? Um, tell me more about your business. What are your, what are your, um, your constraints? Uh, what are your challenges? And it's not so that I can sell you something, but hey, Kevin, I, you know, I know somebody that you should meet um, that does that. I think that could be value. If I make that introduction, it costs me nothing, but you benefit from it, the other person that benefits benefits from it. So from that standpoint, um, if you want to build a relationship, be seen as the people person that gives value, that cares about other people, that's curious, that's positive, and also is the, um, the person that introduces people. Uh, you think about it in a small town, that person that can make the introductions, right. the realtor, the car dealer, whatever it is, that is a powerful person in town. Yeah, I, I love the way that you you frame that, and and I I think that is so true. And I mean, I, I can even see that in, you know, seeing some of your interactions, you know, whether it's on LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever. That there is there is certainly a, you know, a cross connecting that is happening all the time, and, um, you know, you can see that just in the connections that you make. So I I really appreciate you unpacking that, and I as it's it's a great place to kind of transition into you know like the final segment of our of our chat today called the rising tide micro course and uh, we talked a little bit offline about uh, what you're going to talk about i'm really excited and i want our listeners to really you know grab your pen and paper hit pause if you have to but uh you know come right back and uh, i'm about to hand the professor the mic and he's just going to uh give us a, a kind of a short synopsis and tom you've got the floor take it away well kevin First, thank you, and I'll let you know, all the notes, everything I talk about here, if you go back to interviewvalet.com forward slash rising tide, everything's there. So Great. you don't have to take notes, just listen to this. And the course is how to get on your first podcast. If any of this made any sense to you and it's like, huh, I'd like to try that. Well, here's how to do it and how to avoid the mistakes. The first thing is to find the right podcast. Uh, there's over 740,000 podcasts out there. The vast majority of them aren't even active. So you don't want to be on those. Uh, the other ones may not even focus on your niche. So here's what you have to do first is find out the podcast that matters. Now, like I said, the search engines aren't great in podcasts. The analytics aren't great in podcasts. But here's the thing to look at. Who do you want to talk to? What kind of podcasts are they listening to? Bigger is not better. Bigger is just bigger. So think about it. What podcast do you listen to? Ask some of your ideal customers what podcasts they listen to. Go to things like iTunes and, and search for the keywords of what your customers would be looking for. Uh, there's some great databases like Listen Notes that you can go to. Find five podcasts there. You don't have to find a hundred, just find five. And the first thing I want you to do is invest in that podcast. So invest in listening to the podcast, seeing if it would be a good one for you. If you listen to it and like it, leave them a five-star rating and review. I guarantee you, every podcaster listens and looks for the reviews. They'll know who you are. Now, you know, before I said give, 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 ask, 
Well, give a little bit more. So share the content on your social media. Tag the podcast host with their name. We're all vain. We all listen for our own name. (laughs) Do some of those things. Then after you've earned the right to reach out to them, then reach out and say, hey, I have listened to the podcast. I really liked this. Um, I think I have some information that could be of value to your audience, right? It's give, 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 ask. You don't want to say, I've got a new book coming out and I would like to leverage and abuse your audience so I can sell more books. This is not what it is. It's not supposed to be an infomercial. It's supposed to be helping. So reach out to the podcast host with that spirit. Um, When you do that, um, you want to focus on what's in it for them, uh, that you're adding value, that you want to serve, and then figure out how to connect with them. Uh, Some people are on email. Some people are on social media. Um, Find where they are and start that discussion. Start that relationship. If you'll do that, you will have more success than ever. And I'll tell you what, podcasters know podcasters. So if you do a good job on the podcast and at the end you say, you know, um, I really enjoyed this. You know any other shows that I could add value to? If they introduce you to two friends and so on and so on, your dance card will be filled. Now, we do this all for our clients also, but it's something that you can do. And with this, um, I said there's a, a checklist of, uh, that I'll provide back there at interviewballet.com forward slash rising tide. And there's also a free copy of my book, um, Podcast Guest Profits, How to Grow Your Business with a Targeted Interview Strategy. Everything we do, uh, it's not a secret. It's not magic. It's just a system. It's, it's like a cookbook, right? You can do it at home or you can have somebody else do it. But let me tell you a story now of how not to do it. Um, now, there's first do no harm. Well, I get pitched probably two or three, day, three, two or three times a day to be on my podcast. And, and Kevin, every pitch starts out the same way. Tom. We love your podcast and would like to be a guest on it. And then they go on of what they're all about. The problem is, is Kevin, I've been on over 1,200 podcast interviews. I don't have my own podcast. If you're going to lie to me, don't tell me you love my podcast. <laughs> tell me I'm young or uh, look pretty or whatever it is. So with that, it's just like if they're trying to build a relationship, don't build a relationship off a lie uh, on the first thing. Um, uh, we, uh, I've shared some of the pitches, uh, to, um, uh, to other podcasters and they just laugh. And if you get known in the podcasting industry, that is someone that's unauthentic, inauthentic, a liar, um, somebody that's just trying to use and abuse the medium, uh, you will never get on podcasts. But if you come there with that attitude of give, 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 you'll be asked to be on podcasts. What's the old adage that says it takes a lifetime to build a reputation and a minute to destroy one? Well, the I think the uh, it's um, something like that. It, it is, but I think the internet is speeding everything up, right? <laughs> it, it, yeah. it takes maybe uh, a year to build a relationship online, uh, but it could be a second to uh, destroy it when all Absolutely. of a sudden a screen capture puts it out there and it gets shared amongst the community. Absolutely. Tom, thank you for, for sharing that. And I, that will be a, a separate video on YouTube. And uh, But 
Is there anything that we, we haven't covered today that, that you would like to add, you kind of wrap up with? And, and uh, I mean, I, I could, could sit here and ask you questions all day long, but uh, you've got 1,201 podcasts. You know, you've got, you got your 1,201st podcast interview to do later today. So, yeah. <laughs> well, well, thank you. And I guess the, the theme that strikes me is that what's ordinary to you is amazing to others. So a lot of people will say, well, what would I be on a podcast to talk about? Um, you know, either as a host or a guest, we all have our narrow area of brilliance and there's things mm. that, that, you know, that you've learned. Some of it, um, came from academics. Some of it came from your experience. Some of it just came from stupid mistakes, right? And it's never been easier to help someone else. What's ordinary to you is amazing to other people. Uh, I'm real big about making the world a better place, helping other people. Um, you know, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes as a, as a father, and, uh, and now I'm trying to, to share those lessons that I learned with, with younger men. And so there's always those things, that insights that you can share. Take the time to do that. Figure out a way to do that that works for you. If you're a writer, then write some blogs that people can do. If, if you like video, put some videos out there. If, if, if you don't like talking in front of a, a group, well, consider a podcast. All I can say is, you know, what, what you know could help a lot of other people. It's never been easier to do that. And uh, so uh, if we can help you in any way, uh, getting on podcasts, feel free to reach out to me at interviewvalet.com. I'll put all my social media right there at interviewvalet.com forward slash rising tide. Well, Tom, thank you again for uh, just taking the time today and, and just, just, uh, I mean, I, I could have just turned the recording off and we could have just had a chat and I, it would have made my day anyway. But um, I do encourage our listeners to, you know, to look at, look at his social media and look at the things that he's involved with. I mean, it's a, you know, we just touched on a, a very small portion of, of, you know, Tom Schwab, the man here. So there's a, there's a lot more to this, that to his story that uh, we didn't have a chance to really unpack. But um, he is a, he's a complex critter as my uh, grandfather would say. And, but, uh, I mean, I just really appreciate the fact that you, you have, I mean, there's, there's absolute evidence of you pouring into the lives of other people and it's not just for, you know, a, a means to an end. I mean, this is, this is something that's completely unrelated to, to interview valet and the stuff you do. So just, I, I just really appreciate you, you know, just taking the time to kind of speak into the the, you know, the next generation following you and following us and, and um, uh, you know, just speaking into others, the others' lives that at, at such a deep level that, um, I mean, I, I've looked at some of the things like, like we, we mentioned off, off camera, but I'm just really grateful for your character and your history and the fact that you are pouring into people like me and others. And, and I'm, we're just really grateful for that time. And and uh, I hope you have a blessed day. I appreciate you taking the time today and just helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Tom, thanks again. Thank you, Kevin. 